welcome to To Me Up Podcast. My name is Camille Charmaine. I'm Teron. And we are back with another episode. Today we have a special guest, one of my friends, Trevor. How you doing, Trevor? I ain't that special. How are you doing, Camille? Right, you know what? Let me keep the same energy. Toronto, nice. what's going on? What's up, Trevor? What's up? <laughs> so today well, we are going to talk about samples. So all of us pretty much have a love for the musical production, um, especially when producers are sampling. Um, so that's what we're going to discuss today. So we're going to start with Trevor. Why do you like samples so much? Why do you appreciate it? Like, you know, tell me why, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I think one thing I really appreciate about sampling is obviously the fact that you can take you know some of some of the great classics, some of the the instrumentation, and make it your own. And I think that's a difference. Like from sampling to what you see most music today is like they just take the the old song and just loop it and put an eight oh eight on it. Whereas you know certain DJs that I guess when we get into the samples, I'll tell you who I really you know have in my my top tier. They were actually able to you know create their their own original song. I guess you can say from you know, that inspiration from the older music. All right, Teron, what about you? I would say I enjoy the reinvention, which is essentially what you just said, Trevor, like the idea that a sample is just an extension of what the original song is, being able to make something out of something. We're so used to that phrase of like making something out of nothing, like, it's more or less when you sample, it's like you're making something else out of something that's already there. Um, and it may not necessarily be that you're trying to strive to make something that's better, but you're just making something that's different that again is still an extension of, you know, what the original song was. And you can you can really approach a sample in any way. Like it doesn't have to be entirely rooted in you know the same lyrical content as whatever the original song is it doesn't have to be the same tempo doesn't have to be the same key um it can be very camouflaged to a point where you don't even realize it's a sample which are some of my favorite samples or it can be a very it can be a very apparent sample that's just like as soon as you turn it on it's like oh yeah this is very clearly a sample of xyz (laughs) um so i just like that you know you're able to do all different kinds of things and i think it it has the one more point it has the ability to recapture the same soul or feeling that the original had and i think that's why in my opinion i think the 70s is the greatest era of music um because especially 70s soul music and i think we love 90s r&b so much but 90s r&b is pretty much children of 70s soul because they sample a lot of those those um artists so um the, the point is you know they can recapture some of the essence that the original song had if done correctly yeah um going back to what you said earlier i can't remember if you said a Teron, but a lot of the newer samples now really is like you said they played the original beat put some 808s behind it i grew up in a very like my parents were very old school so i grew up on like a lot of like stevie wonders and just 70s, 60s, like, I appreciate that music because that's kind of what I grew up on. Um, 
And so when I hear it being done, like to newer songs, it just makes me happy. Like I like to be like, ooh, you know, that's a sample. I like I like <laughs> to do that. So um, I guess the, the segue over to what you said about producers, I kind of wrote down some producers who are pretty known for sampling. Um, one of them being Just Blaze, where we got Kanye West, Just Blaze. Wonder, of course we got Jay Dilla, like those are people mm -hmm. who are just known just for how they come about. Timberland is another good one. Um, I don't know, am I missing? I'm pretty sure I'm missing a lot of people. I would You're definitely say, missing a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a, a vast amount of people. I would say the most, I would say the current producer that is really super duper sample heavy is Hitmaker. Um, he flips. He does it so well. Yeah, he flips like crazy. The most recent song that he flipped, um, he just put out a new song with Tink. Um, which he did mm -hmm. pretty much majority of her last album, but he just put out a new song with Tink. Well, Tink put yep. out a new song called Toxic, and it's a sample or a flip of um, Lions, Tigers, and Bears by Jasmine Sullivan. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. heard that. Either of y'all have heard that yet, but it's a really dope. Uh, very dope song. A very dope song. I haven't heard it before, so I'm not going to add that up there. Well, Trevor... I guess you can let us know what is one song that you think is very well sampled or very well put together from a sample's um, perspective. So when you was um, naming off or listing um, sample heavy BJs, when you said Jay Dilla, I was trying my hardest not just to cheese because <laughs> Jay Dilla is, <laughs> just hearing the names made me smile. His birthday was actually yesterday, February 9th, if I remember correctly. But Jay Dilla is, your favorite producer's favorite producer, like he is arguably the greatest hip hop producer of all time. Um, lesser known, but you know, he was a part of the Soul Aquarians, which is such an interesting collective of people. Every time I come across their name and re reintroduce myself to them, it's just so amazing that all those um, creative minds were in one space at one time and all of those projects that came, you know, from that collective, it was just the foundation for soul music a neo-soul music that we know today. Um, but Jay Dilla did a song for the far side called Running. Have you two heard that song before? Fairly popular song. So he samples um, Stan Getz, which is one of my favorite jazz musicians. This is Brazilian jazz um, sample that he has. That's where he gets the chord and the strings. And just the way he was, he had a thing with his drum. So um, most producers, when they're on the softwares or whatever software they use, they quantize their beats so it keeps them on the four count. But Jay Dilla actually, his, what made his drum sound so raw was the fact that he actually had his quantize turned off. So sometimes the beat may come like a millisecond late or millisecond early, but it was something about that rawness that really made his um, production style um, stand out. And he was so good with the chops. Um, so I, I chose that particular one because the just the, the way the guitar strings come in and the way he was able to add the drums to it. And then to take it a step further, when my redid that sample on Fallen, they took that foundation that Dilla made and they just added um, immensely to that because 
they added so many. When you go into the second verse of the song, uh, going into that bridge before the chorus, like the whoever the producers were, I think it was three persons, but I don't remember their names. They were they added so many strings. I could hear cellos. I could hear some deep horns coming in. They added so many layers to that song, to an already almost perfect beat. So just to see again back to the the point that um Teron made earlier, the fact that you know you still if the sample of the sample of the sample can still be something so original, I think that's when you have you know great production. Dilla was able to take it and make it his own. And um the producers on Maya's fall and they were able to do their, you know, take it to another level as well. So that's that's why I chose that um, particular sample. Oh, that's good. That's good. I I missed what you said, what it sounds like, but I'll circle back to that. Um, Teron, I guess what is your number one song? I'm number one, your first song. <laughs> well, the first song that I think I'm going to speak on is Body Party by Sierra. Um, produced by Mike Will made it. It samples My Boo by the Ghost Town DJs. Um, Body Party came out in 2013. My Boo came out in like 92 or something like that. We were like babies when My Boo came out, 1994, one of those. Um, I just really feel like Sonically, that sample was very well done in terms of using the chords um, that are all throughout my boo. Um, but then lyrically, or melodically, I should say, um, Sierra, she plays on like the opening verse of my boo. She uses that as like her, like she uses that as kind of like her segue between you know, the chorus in each verse, almost like a three verse or something like that. Um, and I mean, my boo was massively successful, at least amongst us, like, you know, back in the day, like our, you know, black people, we love my boo. Um, <laughs> you know, we love my boo and it was successful, moderately successful in its time. But honestly, Body Party really did kind of spearhead um the resurgence of my boo um because like you know back in that time it was fine you know we got instagram now we got twitter now and honestly we had twitter but um i mean my boo kind of really went like viral after body party came out um it was almost like all these people that didn't have an appreciation for my boo back then they had this newfound appreciation for it because of body party and i like that you are able to kind of see you know, cultural movements that are associated with sampling, essentially. Um, and it's just a great song. Like, both songs are very are very good songs, and it was well done all around. Mike Will did a hell of a job. I love that song, man. Yeah, like, and it's part of it. <laughs> it's really a really good song. Like, I mean, it was a, a great time. And that, you know, I ain't gonna get into it. Yeah, it's the nostalgia. Sierra Future. <laughs> Sierra Future was a time, you know, we, we everybody knows what that. What a time to be alive. What a time, what a time, yeah. Body party man. by Sierra. Yeah, that's my. I had a hard take just now, but I can let it ride. I'm not even gonna say it. <laughs> no, go <laughs> ahead and say it. it. Go ahead and say it. Oh What's man, the take, that was Trevor? a last hit, man. That was a last hit. She, she ain't been hot since. She ain't been hot since. 
All right, never mind. <laughs> That's not even a hot okay. take. Everybody know that. <laughs> she had a song, that jump song. I actually really like it. Uh, you can hang it up now. It's really it good. Now. I'm a, you know what? I'm gonna add it I'm to the sure, playlist. I'm, I'm sure it was. So people can understand <laughs> sure how good of a song that is. What's the respect <laughs> on Sierra's name? I would like to, but she don't put the respect on her own name. But let's keep it going. <laughs> well, I know what I was gonna say. Sorry, this is gonna be very difficult for me to edit, but. With Body Party, because Body Party doesn't actually sample, you know, the actual hook of My Boo, when you reflect on My Boo, when you listen to My Boo, you listen to the verse because you're anticipating the chorus to come in, like, oh, you should know that, da, 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 da. at night I think of you. But because Body Party never actually samples the chorus part of My Boo, mm-hmm. it makes you want to go listen to My Boo after you listen to Body Party. And I feel like I mean, I don't know if that was uh, a specific choice, um, like a conscious choice that was made, or if it just happened that way that they chose what parts to sample. But I think that speaks to what I said earlier about, you know, the resurgence of an original sample just based on something sampling and it doing doing that so well. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so for me, my song is Jodeci by Kiki Wyatt. I was introduced to the song by Teron. I think this is one of the well of uh, one of one of the best well uh, sampled songs. It, the placement of it is so good to the point where if I if she didn't name the song Jodeci, I don't think that I would have put two and two together that it's sample. It's sample. I'm still waiting. And it only samples like the the vocal ad libs, really. It doesn't really sample the beat because she has her own beat. She just kind of like put a sample of their vocals. And I think it's so well placed. Um, I'm still, I don't know who produced Jodeci by Kiki Y. I tried to look it up and couldn't find it. I do know that I'll be sure and Devontae produced I'm Still Waiting, but right. I don't know about Kiki Wyatt, but I just think that that's just such a great sample. And when I first heard that song, like I was screaming on the inside because I really appreciated <laughs> how good she did with that sample. I don't have a long, you know, explanation of why I like it so much outside of the fact that I love samples where you wouldn't know it was a sample unless someone told you, or unless you're just super, super uh. familiar with the song that it sampled because like I said, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known. I I wasn't too, too familiar with, it's not that I didn't know I'm still waiting, but because it doesn't sample the music, I wouldn't have put two and two together that that's mm-hmm. what it was. So yes, love, 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 love that one. All right, Trevor, give me another one. What's, what's another song? And you, you saying that make me cho- choose my second one, the last pod you made. Um, Cause I appreciate the same thing when you don't, know the sample and especially if it's sampled from a very popular song right and you miss it i'm like that that makes it even better uh so for my next song is from my second favorite producer kanye west uh, as long as those first three those first five albums actually but as long as those first three albums still exist it's kanye man it's kanye and he has so many songs so many <laughs> that, uh, so many songs I could choose from to to drive this point home, but I'm going to go with Good Life, the T-Pain from the graduation album, 2007, September. And 
I never, I didn't know until probably a few years ago that he sampled Michael Jackson PYT. I, I actually did not know song. that. You did? Yes, it's it's. I mean, for me, it's very what? apparent. It's very apparent for me, but yeah, it's a dope sample. Good life, yeah, he's the, good life, better than the life I live. It's the little like the chipmunk voice in the background. Yeah, it's a he's sample so, of uh, Michael Jackson. You know the last part. He slowed that all the way down, and that's that in the good life. Ah, yes. Sorry, it just it just clicked in my brain. So don't feel bad. I didn't know either. I didn't know, and when I found out, I'm like, no way. And I was just, because I was trying to, you know, think of samples for the call. And it was just, it's so many options. And I was researching, I saw what Kanye said, um, it's all about the drums. He said it's, it's all about the drums. It was, a, I guess, a short little promo, something with him and um, Travis Scott. And they were talking about it. And I just noticed, like, especially early Kanye, when he loved them, them bongos, them damn bongos, that was in... um. Through the wire, yes. Was also, he. If you listen to Kanye production from like oh three oh four straight up until like oh six, oh, yeah. But bongos just on everything, <laughs> like everything. It was in slow jams, and I want to use slow jams yeah. too. Yeah, like, overnight, overnight celebrity too. Yeah. Oh man, yo, <laughs> that era, he was knocking about the park. Like, yeah, he really was. He, man, that slow jam sample, man. But yeah, good life because I couldn't tell. And I throw in slow jams in there because it was just amazing. It's my turn. Yes, I sir. have one. I have one. Um, I'm not sure why I had the audacity to think that Kanye West would be Kanye West and he wouldn't come up in this segment because this is what Kanye West does. But I have one that's also Kanye West. Um, that I hope people don't know i hope that i'm gonna blow y'all mind but i don't know i probably <laughs> won't kanye actually sampled himself his, in terms of production wise and i feel like a lot of people don't realize it that comfortable by lil wayne samples you don't know my name by alicia keys yes um, oh, that's my third one, that's uh, gonna be then, my third one. <laughs> i love that i love that he like and I feel like a lot of it is because I don't really think a lot of people are used to the album version of You Don't Know My Name with all those yeah. that whole orchestral symphony mm -hmm. at the end, that whole segment. But he looped that in comfortable and it's mm -hmm. just so dope that, you know, anytime somebody samples themselves, I always find that so interesting. And Drake. I'm yeah. Does it, yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm a plug Babyface album. I think I plugged Babyface album in the last episode, but I'm a plug Babyface most recent album, Girls Night Girls Out again, because yeah. the Girls entire Night album, every song on that album pretty much samples a Babyface song. So like is, yeah. yeah, he sampled himself in every song. Um, but anyway, I just think it's really dope that he made such a great song, a big hit, you know in 2005 I think is when you don't know my name came out and then you know just oh, five. yeah shortly you know two years or three years later you know the Carter three comfortable 
um, with Babyface on it, funny enough, um, sampled himself, looped himself, um, and just made that great song there as well. So, yeah. Quick side I, note, I wish I wish more producers would do what Babyface did, that concept with Girls Night Out. Yeah. Just just grabbing the top talent, especially in R&B. Everybody, you know, the whole R&B dead argument. That would be a, a dope thing for producers like Babyface to, to do those sorts of compilation albums. And I he did a, such a good job with that last one. I hate people say I hate people say R and B is dead because people who say R and B is dead only listen to freaking Future and that's annoying to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a hill I'm willing to die on. I think for me the issue I find is that people that are quick to say R and B is dead are not willing to take time to discover new artists. Um, a lot of times yeah. the people that are so fixated on what R and B used to be aren't willing to just take the time to like get on the internet or get on Spotify and whatever streaming platform they have and just, you know, go through playlists or go through genres and like find stuff. Like people are very used to back in the day because Mm. it was a lot easier in terms of not there not being so much content. We were kind of force fed music back in the day. Like if it wasn't coming on the radio, we didn't know about it. And now, because everything is so DIY, like you kind of have to take the time or be willing to invest in, you know, exploring to find it yourself. And a lot of people just don't, they don't want to do that. (laughs) The algorithms, they're going to feed you what you already like. So it's harder. People think because you have more access to music, you should have the opportunity to experience more music when that's not how it works. The algorithms learn what you love and they keep feeding you what you love and you just stay in that bubble. My next sample is I'm I'm laughing to myself because I already feel like Trevor's gonna have something to say, but it's fine. <laughs> my mine is a uh, mine is was a Jacquees song. And the King of R and B And I knew I was gonna say that. <laughs> but on his latest album, which I know, I know, I know. We all have an issue with how that man sounds when he's not in a studio. Relax. You need to ease up off my man. First he, of he all, you need to He does a really relax. good job. He sang Let It Snow on TNT, the Boys to Men version with Brian McKnight. And people were clowning him. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. <laughs> Neither here nor there. <laughs> but his last album really is really good. So one of the songs on there is called yeah. Start Over and it samples Sets Playlist by Omarion, which is also another that's album. An underrated? Uh, underrated, man? Boy, that's an underrated album. That. that is a great album. Um, That album got me through my times in London. Um, A really, really great am- um, album. And he samples it really good. He just samples the... um At the beginning of um, sets playlist, you know, it kind of that was like a, it's like strings and like a piano, like a, it, it's just really good. It's really good. So if you haven't heard it, it is Start Over by Jacquees, um, sampling sets playlist. If you she have not, I know you have, but if you have <laughs> not listened to Amaria's sets playlist album, it is really good. I honestly feel like it's probably one of the best um, body of work from Amaria. I, and 
I know that we love his early oh. old stuff, but I think this album is very well done from start to finish. I would put it up as his one of, if not the best album he's put out, I would put it in the like number two. I mean, that's easy to do when you put up like one good album, but I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the disrespect and it keeps coming. <laughs> but yes, I, okay. I think it's Most great. people can't even name another Omarion album other than O. Because it's one letter. So you should it shouldn't be that difficult to you know remember. First but. of all, it's okay. And that's fine. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give him some respect <laughs> after this sense playlist. It's great. Gonna, not according to um his bandmates. <laughs> <laughs> No, but sex playlist is playlist is a that was a, yeah that was a very great project. So he does a really good job of sampling um that one. So that is my second. Um, so closing it out, Trevor. What is your third? Well, Toronto's my other one. Um, so I got to find one. We can come back. One. To, we can come back to you if you need to think. I got one, I got one in the in the top. So no, go ahead, go ahead. Come on, <laughs> oh man i'm stuck between two that i have on my list um but i'm gonna go with row it away by summer walker um i feel like everybody that's in my immediate circle knows that i love this song i have ran this song into the ground since still over it came out um it samples nothing in this world by avant and kiki wyatt um, and the reason why I like this sample a lot is because to to go back to what I said earlier about samples in terms of lyrical content, not having to match whatever the original song was. When I listen to Throw It Away and I think about what nothing in this world was, um, I feel like this, I mean, I think about, you know, lyrics and stuff a lot I, I think about how a song makes me feel when I listen to it how it sounds but I also try my best to pay attention to the words as much as possible and I like to think of nothing in this world about Avant and Kiki Wyatt as like the honeymoon phase of a relationship um that song came out in like the early 2000s um mm-hmm. and then like throw it away theoretically I think of throw it away as like that same relationship you know all these years have passed and like you out of the honeymoon phase and the relationship done fell apart and that's what throw it away is and it's like you know it has the elements in terms of the um like the strings that's pretty much the core of the sample like the strings um or melody is just kind of looped in throw it away that from nothing in this world and um yeah, I just think of it as like an extension of the song, lyrically still relative to a relationship, but just not painted in the same way. Like nothing in this world was good. Throw it away is not so good. And it's just a you know, a reality for people sometimes in relationships, like, you know, ebbs and flows or relationships is not always gonna be good all the time. So um just to see that reflected in the song, whether that was intentional or not, I just find that to be pretty cool so yeah it's one of my favorite uh songs in the series. you know what's funny i know that song but just until just now i just realized that i mean i just realized that it was a sample like as soon as you said it and then said what the sample was i was like oh yeah that is i never i just never thought about um that 
and that too you really can't tell like you got to listen to it a handful of times before you can really tell like oh shoot this was actually a sample so i like that too trevor do you have a third one or do you need me to go mm, i'll go with the one i i'll go with this one remember when i was messaging you earlier um and i understand the the voice note yeah so this was <laughs> Which, the one pause i was gonna let, let the listeners know what happened trevor sent me a message and before i even had the chance to click on a message it said trevor unsent the message and i felt so <laughs> i was just like wow you just unsent that's crazy but sorry go ahead <laughs> no i'm gonna save that for the um i guess no you save that i know what i wanted to use okay it was just actually pop. It's actually a pop song. Janet Jackson pop, so it ain't too far pop. But, um... Ooh. American Ventura, Ventura, American Highway, I think it is. You know the, you know that song, um... Someone to call my lover, yeah, baby. Someone to yeah, call my song. lover. Mm-hmm. Boom, that one, right? That's a so, good one. That's boom. a good one. They they use the, the the strings the chords from um, Ventura Highway. I love that song. It's it's a it's a very feel good vibe. Like it feel it makes you feel really good. It make that, me feel that, really good. <laughs> it does. It's like it was something about that early two thousands pop that made you just feel good, like you say. And I think they did a real they did a real good job um, on on that flip. I don't know why it actually literally just popped in my head. Um and it was the what was the Luther Von Draw song? Colors. Remember the movie he was in before he went solo? Um I wasn't one listening word. at that time. I wasn't too But you know the song, um It's you trying to sing love. it for Glow me. Of love. <laughs> It's called Glow of Love by um by uh I'm sure if you show if you search Glow of Love you'll see but he was the lead singer of a group that's where you got to start um after he was you're the Patty Labelle drink champ sorry so are you, you saying glow are you saying glow up glow mm-hmm. of love glow of you love okay you trying to make fun of me no I am writing I'm down kidding. the song <laughs> sir I could <laughs> I think they call I think they call changes or something like that. But Janet Jackson, it's a very popular song. Well, while you figure it out, you know, we (laughs) it's it's the like, I can see it being on the tip of his tongue and he's trying so hard to figure it out, but he cannot. And it's really funny to see. This was when Janet was in a pop bag. So this is is a Janet Jackson song that you're trying to think of? Yeah. It's a very popular one. They sample Mm. Glow of Love. It's a very popular Janet Jackson. A popular Janet pop Jackson, Janet Jackson, song? Jackson. Mm. A pop song. It was right around the early 2000s era. Early 2000s. Oh, okay, so that would have been all, all for you. All for you. That's what I was about Boom, to say. That's it. Oh, yes. The original song? You all familiar with the original song? No, I'm not. I know I'm not. Luther Vandross killed that man. Like, that was... Yeah. You said it Chica was Luther Vandross before he went solo, though, right? Isn't that what you said? Yeah. yeah. He was in a group. He was in a group. He did the lead vocals. Yeah. Man, you, if after you heard that song, you probably knew he was going solo. His voice just, he could just 
pairs the track when he really wants to. Like he have the ability, similar to Whitney Houston, in my opinion, where they could just chill and still give you those powerful vocals. But if they really want to like tear you up and just cut through the track with their voice, they can, and they could do that well. And they know yes. they can sing. Like yes. Luther Vandross he knew. Like what? he know he knew he could sing. Like he just knew it. Yep. And it's different when you know. Like you mean it, it like, oh, this night may be off this like in the mid nah. He knew it. Man, he let you know too. All right. So my next song. I I was torn. I have like a lot of songs on my list. I have a lot of songs on my list. And I have mm-hmm. decided at this particular moment, I'm going to go with Light by Big Sean and Jeremiah. It samples Intimate Friends by Eddie Kendricks. Um, uh, honorable mention, it also samples Intimate Friends. It's Unbreakable by Alicia Keys. Yep. I I feel like I feel like Intimate Friends is a very heavily sampled song. Um, right? Because wouldn't that technically be Mary as well? What song? Um, baby, they don't need to tell you. So you don't have to worry at all. No, that's the um, that's um, every day. The light is, um, the light, yeah, it samples that as well. Yeah, it samples that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love no limit. Love no limit. <laughs> you are you on the fence? <laughs> I actually did not even like put that. I'm sitting here I'm just like, I missed that. Oh. <laughs> well, let me add it down so I won't forget. But yes, um I, I love, love I love Bit Shine. It's a, I think I'm trying to think what's the name of the album. It's still in my mind. Let me look it up. Top Real Sky quick. Paradise. Oh, oh wait, you, you said, said Big Sean. Hall of Fame. I'm thinking of a different song. I feel like I just messed that whole segment up. I thought you were talking about the um Ty Dolla Sign and Jeremiah. Song. I know. You, yeah, I. That's what I, I thought the same thing when you said now. that because I can't my hear the sound of my mind. My bad. You're not crazy. Wait, how does the light go? I don't know how they... <laughs> No, if you know the sample, if you know the sample, then you, you know the light. I'll take... Oh, now I hear it. I hear it now. I hear it now. Okay, okay. Start over. Just start over because I messed that whole thing up. That's <laughs> oh, oh no. No, I let it ride. No, <laughs> oh no. Oh no. It's staying. <laughs> and you know, it's it's me over here like, yeah, it's in there, right? Did I not know that? But I was agreeing though. I was agreeing too. <laughs> I'm over here like, like am I? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that that's actually actually very hilarious. <laughs> Woo, but yes. <laughs> my apologies. Friends. My apologies. Intimate Friends by Eddie Kendrick is a really classic song. A lot of people do sample it, but I mean, granted, the sample that Bit Shonda is not, it's not, it's a lazy sample. It it definitely is. It's, it's, it's keeping the same. Be. it's not much variation from it but i just i just really like that song 
And I like when I like to see what people, what different people do to that song. Because hmm. when you look at Alicia Keys version, like when she starts off her thing up, boom, 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 boom. She keep she loops it in comparison to keep going. I was and there, I, I appreciate that. Was, was there ever a studio version of that song? I always felt it, I always had this one copy of that song, like she played it live. Never. Only that unplugged version. That's it. Hmm. That's hmm, that's interesting. Right. It's really a good song. What's wild is that she did a music video for that, but yeah. the audio is just the unplugged audio. <laughs> hmm. She said, I'm not going back in the studio to record this again. We got one take. Make it enough. That's what she said. <laughs> I mean, even Erica Badu went in the studio to do Tyrone. But she must say she has an album version. She has an album version of Tyrone, but the hmm. one that people know is the the, the, the album joke. version pisses me off because <laughs> she have totally different lyrics. Really? Yes. And the live version is like, you gotta bring Jim, James, Paul, and Tyrone. Those are not the names she used in, in the studio. She used some new niggas? Different, <laughs> different names. And it pisses me off every time because don't go against the grain. You know what? Yeah, she uses different names. I can't now. Now I feel obligated to look look up the name. Let me see, Tyrone, <laughs> because I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> but yes, that is my um next one. So while I am looking up this lyrics, um, the next part of the podcast is what we are looking forward to. Um, it could be either new albums, it could either be shows you may be seeing or productions that's coming up. Like, what are some things that you're looking forward to in the future? And Trevor, you can start us off. Nothing. You don't have anything? <laughs> Nothing at all? My answer much more broader because I, I'm looking forward to the day music gets back to uh, where artist development actually meant something. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's I know that's not a specific thing, but I feel like that drastically affects the quality of music that comes out. And even when, because artists blow up so quickly, they don't have time to even, even if you're talking R&B, well, R&B usually is a longer grind, so you don't really have that overnight success. Um, but in, in rap and in hip-hop, but you throw them on stage, we probably just went uh, viral a week before that. You throw them on, on stage in front of 100,000 people, you know, they don't have that time to really develop. And even we was talking about award shows, you know, we used to look forward to award shows back in the day. I was watching the 2005 BET Awards. And I'm like, yo, I remember the nostalgia of, oh, the BET Awards coming on. Like, this was like a family affair type thing. And nowadays, you know, the, the quality of live performances, or just something I without the the key marquee people like a Beyonce or Adele or something like that. There's a huge drop off um, from those elite performers, but that's my run. When it goes to the award show thing, I agree, but kind of disagree because I feel like there are some gems, um, gem performances with the award show. And one, like one um, in particular that comes up that I've been watching a lot lately has been, um, I think it was, it was Glorilla. I know Toronto will be coming for Glorilla like that, but it's Glorilla <laughs> and Cardi B. When they did um, Tomorrow too, they did it live on the AMAs, I believe. I think that's a very, really good show. And even if you, even if you use um, 
this past Grammys. I mean, even though all the notes wasn't hitting the way they hit, I really appreciated Mary J. Bly's version of Good Morning Gorgeous. It was really good. Um, so yeah, I, I agree in the sense that award shows are no longer what it used to be. I think the difference now is that because back in the day, all we had was TV. We didn't have the streaming services. We didn't have, oh, I can just watch the highlights. Oh, I can just, I can just go ahead and like play it later. I don't have to watch it at the time. Back in the day when the BET Awards came on, that's you had to watch it at that moment <laughs> or catch it or catch it Under when you run. Exactly. Well, to Today, every day, that's one a week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's if you miss if you miss the live one, you really miss the best cut because when they would do the reruns, they would cut out all the stuff that happened that wasn't supposed to happen. So, like, yep. the best time you, to watch it was the live one. Because <laughs> the next day at school, you better be prepared to talk about it. Okay. Because <laughs> we didn't have Twitter. So, you know, all your comments and critiques had to wait until the next day at school. And like another thing that's ha that happens now with award shows, we we've, we completely go on a tangent, but that's okay. Um, I don't like the performances that are not on stage. I don't like it. Like like I'm using Grammys for example when it did God did like um, visually, it looked really well. Like visually, I thought that it was really well put together. I would have preferred them to actually be on the stage inside oh, of Where were they? They were at another location? They was in the parking lot, bro. Like, they had <laughs> they had the Last Supper in the in the parking, no, in the driveway right outside of whatever stadium. I don't know if they were in the Staples Center or wherever they oh, were right. in LA. It was literally outside. Like, they had blocked the street off and they put the Last Supper in the middle of the street. I kid you not. Visually, it, it sounds crazy when he said it just like that, but visually, it did look well. I just, I feel like now, because we have so many capabilities of, of doing things differently, I get it, but I just appreciate. Like, I remember BET Awards when Monique came out doing Beyonce. The Beyonce, yeah. And it was just like... Oh, this is this is great. I I don't know if we have that many moments because even and I'm using the Grammy as a reference because it's the last award show that I didn't watch, but I like skip to the things I want to watch. Um, I don't remember where I was going with this, but the point. <laughs> <laughs> but but my main point is there was never a moment like there's never that big aha moment anymore in award shows that I appreciate it i do wish so that's why i was saying i agree with what you said but i kind of disagree um i'm gonna go ahead and go i'm gonna let Taran go i am actually looking forward to a couple of things um one music soul chow and hit boy are coming out with a collab album i'm interested to see how that's going to sound i'm not too familiar with all hit boys production but from what i have heard it feels like he is mostly rap and we'll wait a minute what you mean you're not familiar with pit boys i'm not saying i don't know it i'm saying that what i do know i haven't i don't know that many songs of him being in the r&b space it's not saying that he isn't i i just am not and some of it is stuff that you know and don't realize that you know honestly but um, they're the hit boy versus boy wonder uh versus this was like the week after neo and Jonta. But it was it wasn't with Tim and Swiss. It, they just was doing it with somebody else, like Joe Budden, somebody I don't know. 
but they would have been probably one of the best versus shows because you don't realize how much hits they have like hits so he be an r&b like that like oh. a song I, I well, for me, the, the first, the, for me, the first song. You know, I'm a big Seven Streeter fan. Um, she has a song called Boomerang that he produced. But I mean, there are a plethora of other Hit Boy R&B songs. But that's the first one that comes to my mind because I really enjoy the production on that song. I, and honestly, because he is primarily a hip hop producer, a lot of the R&B stuff it does have a hip hop influence. But it'll still be, you know, people really like singing over his tracks and that just makes me even more nervous because y'all know how music so child trying to be a rapper and i'm not saying that he's a bad rapper oh, <laughs> what was his rap name i don't remember i was gonna be on the brothers oh, club man. and he was talking about him rapping and they was just like let's not do that so i just it feel inspiring like, him up boy i just feel like it's gonna okay I love Busy Soul Child. I have a love-hate relationship with Busy Soul Child because I feel like, I, though I love his music, I would never see him live. He do the most. He, he's like the Avery Wilson of freaking... No, you gotta relax. Live. Ain't nobody worse than him, He No. Have you heard a live performance by Busy Soul Child? No, I haven't. Okay, I'm gonna sing you some, and you're gonna be like, all right. He do the most. You can't even sing a song with him because what are you doing, bro? And... <laughs> Because I knew that he wants to be a rapper, I'm just like, God, please don't let this man start rapping because I'm I'm going to laugh. But I'm pretty sure it's probably gonna be really good. But I th- that I saw that on Twitter and I saw that it was in the words, so I thought that was an interesting collab. No one's probably gonna hear it because nah, the social isn't as big as it was. But I feel like he's gonna rap, and I'm gonna be like, stop it. Um, the next thing I'm looking forward to is I'm looking forward to what the group Flow is doing. I have been following Flow. I really enjoy their them. Like they kind of remind me of like a new age Destiny's Child. Like in terms of them vocally, all of them can sing very well. Their music is really good. Like Cardboard Box, I think it's a Cardboard Box. It's the song that's like the the popular song they got going on. And I really enjoy it. And I'm very, very... Now, I hope they don't disappoint me like Seven Shear has done. Wait a minute. Hold on. What you mean? Okay. See, no, now why are dragging hey. Seven Street into this? She ain't do Choose nothing words to you. Carefully, because her, her Drunk Thought Silver Words album was amazing. So don't... Hey, hey, don't I'm going to let her you... have it. Because her mind ain't going to change about it. Hold on. She don't like the album? No, first of all, first of all, no. That's not what I'm saying. Seven Streeter has completely disappointed me from her first EP. Her first EP... Yeah, first of all, Trevor, relax. Her, her first EP... Trevor, uh, this is this, this is, is new to you. We have had this discussion several times, so You better I, put some respect. That's I'm not... I like Seven Streeter. I'm not a hater. It's just that when she came out with that first EP... You could tell Teron. I was just like, I mean, you can ask Teron, say tell Teron. I was like, I'm buying everything she put out. I'm going to go on iTunes. I'm going to purchase everything she put out. And like everything she's put out since then for me has not resonated the way that I thought it was going to resonate. I could literally not listen to Seven Streeter again and I would be okay. She do oh, have some songs. God. 
on her album that I like. It just, it just, her first EP really, Teron got a face right now. People who listening <laughs> got a face right now because he be over me saying this, but it, her music is just not for me. I feel like I appreciate her as a songwriter. I love her voice, but every time I hear her music, it just doesn't do it for me personally. So I said Seven Shooter because I like Flo and I don't want them to disappoint me because <laughs> I really like them. So that's that's what I got to say. You got it. You she got like it. mic drop. Boom. <laughs> she got it. Ah, I'm going to let her have it because we'll, the, the sun will be coming up. We'll still be talking about Seven Shooter. Um, I am excited that you said flow. I don't know if we had did I send you flow? Did you find flow? I don't remember. No, Spotify actually okay. introduced me to flow. I am very excited about flow. I actually have not been blasting people about flow like I normally would. I feel like I typically when I find something that I like, I be spamming all my friends like, you need to listen to this right now. <laughs> and like, I, I slowed down on that tremendously, but I have been tuned into flow as well. I'm very excited to see them grow and progress. They are going to be in Atlanta in April and I'm going. Um, so I'm excited about that. It's during the week though. So, um, but yeah, shout out to Flo. They're from the UK. So, you know, them coming to the States. Smittens. Yeah, them them coming to the States <laughs> is a pretty big deal. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to to see Flo um on tour, to see them progress and grow. Their most recent single is called Losing You. And it really reminds me, it really reminds me of destiny fulfilled destiny's child like the final album of destiny's child where like they full grown women and like you could just really tell that it was a a very big um i would say uh digression from what their previous album you know their previous efforts were their previous albums were very poppy and you know um kind of like tongue-in-cheek and very uh time sensitive I would say is how I would refer to like Destiny Child's like first three albums and then Destiny Fulfilled was very much like a very representative of their growth and them just being you know adults and like when I hear Losing You by Flo I think of that era of Destiny's Child so I'm excited about that um obviously I wouldn't be me if I wasn't excited about the renaissance world tour so excited about that too um i'll probably you that? i am i will probably man, better things you could have did with your money man hey i, I didn't buy one money. of them i ain't buy one of them trillion dollar tickets so you know i got a reasonably priced ticket while we here <laughs> are Every, we are I, we gonna do this is this what we're gonna do right now we're about to do it because Trevor, <laughs> Trevor is a troll. I Trevor feels the need to let them, Trevor's a troll. He feels the need. He feels the need to let people know how much he feels like Beyonce is overrated. And I actually don't. I actually don't even believe that he actually believes that Beyonce is overrated. I think he likes to hear. I can't the, tell you the name. I can't tell you the name of any Beyonce album. That's a lie. 
No, it can be. I don't know. This is what it can be. It can be the truth, but it can also be okay. You don't have to know because there's plenty of people that know. <laughs> He's lying. Plenty of people that know. I don't even. I don't. I, I've Trevor's a liar. You know. You know. You know how I know album. Trevor's a liar. He he sit here and said that he don't know not one album named by Beyonce. It's a lie because he be on Twitter like everybody else, and everybody has been talking about Renaissance. If anything, you know Renaissance. All right, we have some technical difficulty, friends. Um, but we are back. So the next segment is called Hit Different. This um, segment really is focusing on songs that we enjoy. It could be old. It could be new. Just whatever about the song. You're just like, yo, this this hit different right now. So Trevor, what is one of your hit different songs for us today? Um, well, this one is the one from the story I was going to tell you earlier. Um, that was Again, looking at songs that um, for the samples for the sample um, segment we had earlier, and it was about I think I supposed to message you this too. This was about three three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I was um, shout out to Spotify for those algorithms because it they put me on music. So I was in my old soul playlist, and this Curtis Mayfield song came on. Um, I can tell you the title right now. Curtis Mayfield. I love Curtis Mayfield, by the way. Very underrated. I don't think he gets the... He's not in those conversations. No. You're so good to me. You're and, good to me. That sounds and I was like, like hold on. Time. I was like, hold on. No. So, you know that feeling like when you, you just love, especially Army song you love it so much especially a 90s r&b song and then you hear the original and you lose just a little bit of luster for that song because you were thinking you know the production is so good like how did they come up with this beat and all of this and you realize guess was a sample that kind of happened with this one so we all know from the my life album mary j blige 1994 the title track mm -hmm. um we all know that one but be happy which is one of my favorite songs in the album. You, you familiar with Be Happy? Yes. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> so I heard the I heard the Curtis Mayfield joint and I'm like, oh, they sample it. And it wasn't even like it was a it's almost one of those verbatim samples. That like you didn't really do much with the beat. So I'm like, do I lose a little bit of appreciation for the Mary J version? No. Probably not. Probably not. But Discovering that sample, um, I was going to actually, so I was at lunch today and I had my headphones in and I was trying to hard scroll to find the song to finish out my sample series. So again, I just added the Curtis Mayfield joint to my playlist. So I'm sitting at the at the table at this restaurant and I'm listening to the Curtis Mayfield and I paused for a second. It's like, hold on. I took on my headphones and the restaurant was actually playing Mary J. Be Happy. And I'm like, what are the odds? Because this is not like an R&B restaurant or anything. They're playing reggae music, Caribbean music. And it just so happened he was playing the Mary J while I was listening to the Curtis Mayfield. Um, so that's my first one. Cool. What about you, Troy? Um, which one do I want to say first? Okay. Um, so 
Miley Cyrus, believe it or not. There's a Miley Cyrus song that is on my head different. And that's something I never would have imagined. That's not saying no dissing to Miley Cyrus because shout out to Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. We love, we love Miley Cyrus. Cool. Um, on her last album, she's actually starting a new era. She's about to come out with a new album um next month. So shout out to that. But her last album. I think that album came out during the pandemic, like 2020 or 2021. But nonetheless, her last album, she did a cover of um, Heart of Glass by Blondie. For some reason, I really feel like that song was featured in um, the Charlie's Angels movie. I might be wrong about that, like the original version. (laughs) I, I mean, obviously, that's Blondie, Heart of Glass. It's a pretty iconic song, period, in general. But um. And that song is very old, like I probably 70s or 80s, one of the two. Um, but Miley Cyrus's cover of Heart of Glass, I like started running that into the ground randomly, like around uh like last fall. And that it still like just kind of floats in my rotation because it fits her voice well in a very unique way. Anybody that um is familiar with Miley Cyrus's voice like her voice has kind of evolved over the years and a lot of that is in part to like heavy alcohol and you know some drug use and whatnot this is that this is I listened to an interview that she did and she said this so you know like her voice you know her voice has definitely evolved in in many ways throughout the duration of her career thus far and I have always admired people that use what they have in to the best of their abilities and that's not me saying that she has lost you know any significance to her voice but all I'm saying is that she finds a way to pivot like you know she doesn't have the range that she used to have um back when Party in the USA came out and she doesn't sing Party in the USA in that original key for that reason she knows so like Ray J Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and some people don't, some people just don't know. Like they'll keep, you know, trying to stick with it. And at some point, you gotta know. You gotta you might make some change. Bobby Brown. Okay. Bobby Brown gonna sing every song with the original key. Bring it down, Bobby. <laughs> but yeah, that would be my first hit different. I think she um she did that that song very well. And I guess maybe because we are in the same age range, I was able to find a different appreciation for it versus listening to the original cover. So Heart of Glass, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. I look forward to hearing hearing that. I've never heard of that before. For me, I have so many hit difference because um I put my notes of this podcast like weeks ago because you know we were going to report and it has changed. So and and just when you were talking, I decided to change myself. So my hit difference when I was talking? Yeah, because we were just talking about Beyonce and my oh, hit my goodness. is going to be the Cuff It remix. And the reason why it is on it is because I know that, you know, let me put a disclaimer. I am not a super, super like beehive person. So like I'm not. I am. But I know that she was on her burner account and saw someone mashing together and was just like, you know what? I'm about to record 
I'm about to record another version. And it's really good. I thought it was I I was waiting for it to come on streaming because when I saw that she actually recorded a wetter remix of it, I just really liked it. I already liked Cuff It and I liked how she took it. Never heard it. Never it's heard actually it. it's actually really good. I I could like I like how she took it and she had her own like different background vocals on it and she kind of she took the original song and really made she did what remixes used to be back in the day. It's not a plaster of the song <laughs> on a different track. It's new verses, new backgrounds, new everything for the most part. It's very well done. Like it's I I really like it. So, um it's been on repeat for me um since it came out because when when people posted on their Instagram I thought it was just someone just mashing the songs together but I, I it just clicked in my head that oh wow she actually re-recorded this you know because she saw on her burner account that we all know she got <laughs> and she saw <laughs> someone do it and she I wonder her burner account. I wonder if someone if she gave them crap I'm pretty oh, no, sure I was gonna I was gonna let you finish but um the original DJ um his name is DJ eccentric that mashed up Wetter by Twista and Cuff It by Beyonce. She credited him um, as like a co-producer on that remix. And then obviously because it samples Wetter by Twista, Twista is credited and all that. Everybody is credited. Everybody is credited. Ain't nobody running into no issues of they not being credited, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So. Khalees. Um <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Um, Trevor, you gotta oh that was yours. No, yes, Trevor. What's another song for us? Oh, oh shoes, I forgot. Oh well, um so for the past year and year and a half or so, I've been completely immersed, engulfed in Amapayano music. Um, just do what? Amapayano comes from South Africa, so think of Af think of Afrobeat meets house music meets jazz. And no, it's, I love. Is there any soca? Like it sounds like something that would have soca, soca into it. <laughs> no, soca is different. Soca is different. This. This has a lot more house, like when you think of house music, like 90s house music, because it has that deep, deep, deep bass. And those, I don't know what kind of 808s they use, but it's it's that deep bass that you only hear in house music. It has I want to hear feeling. this. I really want to hear this, so make sure you send us something, because I really want to Oh, I, I'll send you something. Um, But so early, they call it a mapayano. They call it um, piano for short. Because it has a lot early in its, um, when it really started bubbling up, I think it was like the early 2010s or so, when it started to um, develop. They used a lot of keys, um, piano keys in the music. Um, and, and then in the earlier, my piano, and even some of the ones now, they have a lot of keys, they have a lot of saxophone, they have a lot of, um, they use such unique instrumentation um, that give it a digital feel, but it still has some jazz elements to it. Um, because even within a mapiano's kind of subcategories in itself, you have the jazzier type of a mapiano, which I think you guys would definitely appreciate. And it has a more upbeat um hip, I guess you could call it the hip hop or the afro the more commercial Afrobeat type where you see like Burner Boy or Whiskey or you know, people like that on it. Um, but the song 
I haven't stopped uh, playing this entire album. It. I want to add one more thing about my piano. The reason I like it too, especially people who have air for production, it's not like R&B. Even R&B has more levels and layers than rap. Rap is you just find the, the, the loop and you just loop it, 16 bars, loop it, loop it, loop it. R&B at least, you know, when you get to the, the, the bridge or certain parts, you may have a shift in the song. With a my piano, you, you have no idea what's coming next because it's not a loop. The music is, is almost like it's alive. It just constantly has highs and lows, highs and lows. And then when the bass hits you, you if you when I send you the music, you have to listen it with some quality headphones or on a you know quality set of speakers because there's some levels of bass that regular headphones are not gonna even capture. That's how deep it gets. Pause. But um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um Kevin Momo, he's um I'm sorry, say who who you say? Kelvin with an L. Momo. Um in uh, my piano's the the D the DJs are the actual celebrities. So you do you don't really have artists, you just have like DJs per se. Um because most of the tracks have no words. Um it's just vibes. But Kelvin Momo, he has an album called Ivy League. Um I think it dropped like 2021. I've been listening nonstop for about a year straight um and from that album you you could throw a dot and pick anyone but i would recommend let's see there's so much to choose i would recommend the song joy um but that entire project is it joy let me see you have to find this man joy um, I have a, I have a, a, I have a comment. <laughs> I have a comment that I take off air. I don't want to add to that. <laughs> but yeah, that whole album is just, and it's long form music, so it's not that little three minute, two minute stuff these artists do. Some songs be like nine minutes, and it's nine minutes of not just loops. It's again, it's like a roller coaster. You have so many highs and lows, and you won't predict what what comes next. So you kind of get lost in the music. Cool. Guess what about you, Teron? I think this is your last one, right? I only done one. No, so, yeah, you got two more. My bad. Is it my turn? Either yeah. way, okay. Well, um, my next one is a song called "Grew from You," and it is by Kiki Palmer. I really feel like people don't be <laughs> giving my girl her tens. They don't be giving my girl her credit for just pushing um she has this series on her youtube channel right now um i think it's called unfiltered or something like that i should know the name of it because i don't watch every episode but it's a it's a series a four episode series that just chronicles her experience with the music industry um and how basically how the music industry just pretty much did her dirty um but you know she has you know, gone completely independent since probably 2018-ish um, and is putting out music independently. She put out two EPs in 2020, Virgo Tendencies Part 1 and Part 2, and Grew From You is on Part 2. Um, she worked a lot with a producer, a female producer named Tasha Couture, um, the producer that produced Bossy. 
So everybody that knows me knows that I love Bossy by Kiki Palmer. Um, but she. Oh, I thought you was talking about Kelis Bossy. <laughs> no, 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 not not Kelis. So I was like, bossy. I'm Bossy. Nah, 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 not that Bossy. You know, that's a good Bossy. We love that Bossy, but um, but yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a good song. It's a it's a uh introspective song in terms of like reflecting on how you grow from a relationship like despite it maybe not being so good um and being grateful that you had that experience so that's what the song is about and but it's like a bop though like it sounds like it would be a ballad or something like that but it got some bounce to it and like it makes you want to dance and that's what i like about it so yeah grew from you kiki palmer my second hit different song is random it's Memories Remix by Maroon 5. Maroon 5 featuring Nipsey Hussle and YG. It's very random, right? I feel like the combination is weird. No, not for you. Not for you. But not you for like me. YG. You know, I love YG. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought the combination like Maroon 5 with Nipsey Hussle and YG was, it just seems weird. Essentially, it's essentially talking about like memory of, of losing someone or whatever. And how I got on this song, Maroon 5 just put out an album last year? If not 2022, 2021. One of the two. And I got on this because, um, you know, Tank has a podcast, um, R&B Money, which is really good now um really good and pj morton was on there and if you don't know pj morton has been a part of maroon five for like 13 years like he he's a part of that group and if you go on the maroon five page on spotify i'm not sure about apple music for the weird apple music folks but um pj morton pictures up there because he played keys and does background vocals for maroon five so i kind of went on a weird deep dive of maroon five music because we all know the old school Maroon 5, and unless you, like, follow their music, for me, I didn't follow their their career and their music like that, um, so I kind of did, like, a deep dive into their music, and I saw memories. I thought it was a very weird combination of people on a track, <laughs> but it's actually really good, and everyone who knows me personally knows that I have, I love YG. I don't know why, but I just love YG's music, so that is my second hit different song do you have a final one Trevor uh uh Ari Lennox Queen Space with Summer Walker what a song what a tune <laughs> I just ever since the game I wish man I wish she'd chosen the songs from that little um, EP she dropped right before the album some of those songs were supposed to be on the album mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I, I wish even the ones that made it to the album if I heard them the, for the first time in the album that first listen on that album would have been that much better I, I still think it's definitely a great album don't get me wrong but if the songs if, the, if she didn't do that EP I mean I heard some of the songs for the first time it would have been because, you know, if you know me, you know Ari Lennox does no wrong in my eyes. I Kinda loves Ari Lennox. Really? When no. I say love, like, he keeps <laughs> randomly sending me, like, live videos. Like, he loves Ari Lennox. <laughs> so, 
so by by paying Vihami with the the needle, right? I was scrolling through messages, and I actually have a, I still have it a screenshot. I DM Ari Lennox and told her, yo, when you, yo, the streets need that vinyl. We need that that fur on vinyl. That was in twenty twenty, a messenger. So you know, <laughs> I guess you know, I'll say thank you. I yeah, she I'm... dropped the she dropped um she dropped that no well. If she got a DM? Absolutely not. <laughs> a little shameless plug since Trevor's probably not going to do it. You see his background. That is his vinyl Instagram page. Teron also has a vinyl Instagram page called Toronto Sides. Um, <laughs> yeah. From the six. You cheese me, dog. Right, right, right. Everybody's going to think that. But... You're a waste man, fam. <laughs> Uh, no, but um, yeah. Did you did you get it? I mean, I have all of I have all of Ari on vinyl now, so you know I got full. I just wait for the last the last album to drop. It's yeah, I, I I almost bought to buy three of them. Well, the, the the new album is on vinyl already. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't mess up. You don't mess up. I, I got it at home. <laughs> but I, right now, <laughs> yo, see that that'll complete the collection. Um, but yeah, Queen Space, that song, even when it comes on shuffle, I just can't listen to one time it's like a Pringle. You just can't eat one Pringle. Because it's just so vibey and her voice, she could just float on anything, man. And, and then I'm not a huge Summer Walker fan. I don't really, you know, care too much for music, but she was such a perfect match, energy-wise, tone-wise on that track. Like, Ari has that sometimes a powerful almost borderline belting kind of thing going on but some of walker just came with that smooth similar to what um jasmine and her did on that record like they complemented each other so well so that's what queen space is just so it's just vibey yeah and you know queen space was on that ep queen space was the last song on mm-hmm. that ep yeah. and i feel mm-hmm. like queen space got such a good response that she was probably like yeah let me just go ahead and throw this on the album because out of all of these Man. songs on the ep like this is the one that everybody is raving about um mm-hmm. even though tatted is a good song and I, gummy, I love and gummy is a love good tatted. song too like gummy is not <laughs> settle down settle down i was like why didn't you just put these make a deluxe of the album and just make these the bonus tracks like why didn't you do I, I i'm just glad that we got it but you know yeah i think yeah it affects the body of work when when they're not even though individually they're good but as one body of work you would have did it that much better um, and in in addition to that, not to backtrack, but you asked what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing if this is really her last tour because <laughs> she's tweeted said this is her last. She be trolling because she be mad. That's all. This is like the 45th time she said she's gonna quit. She <laughs> said that. All the time. She still got hours in her contract. She needs to see. Uh, and we all saw that she, they had 437 and one. So <laughs> that they had the twos from on that, on that, on that, on that <laughs> She may not oh, be doing because she also said she wasn't doing interviews. Where was she at on the Breakfast Club? Like, she gonna be there. <laughs> oh man! Okay, Toronto, yeah, that's one person on C Live. So my uh final song is called "I Stay in Love" by Mariah Carey. Um. 
I am gonna I'm do I'm gonna do my best to like not make all my hit different songs little sad little sappy songs because that keeps mm-hmm. happening. But I guess that's just the music that I like to listen to, um, as well as I be relate to it sometimes. Um, but it's from her E equals MC Square album, which was her follow up album to the Emancipation of Mimi. Um, I feel like that album as a whole is slightly underappreciated. Um. Probably specifically because it was the follow up to one of the biggest albums and comeback albums of her career. Like, <laughs> it's hard Why to you do look like something that? After. because the, it's interesting that you think that it was unappreciated. Let me look, let me look, let me look I mean, in terms of the success that it had when it came out, I re- I was there. I remember. Um, I mean, oh, touch my body. Touch my, my touch my body was a very successful song. So number one, it was like her, I don't know, maybe fifteenth or sixteenth number one at the time. But like in terms of the success that it had, it had a very gradual success in comparison to stuff that she had, you know, prior to. Like a lot of people didn't gravitate to it the same way that they did. And then obviously for her to name it E equals MC Square is really like you know an extension of the emancipation of Mimi and because it is sonically vastly different from the emancipation of Mimi I think a lot of people weren't receptive to that like emancipation of Mimi is you know she worked with a lot of her longtime collaborators so Jermaine Dupree, Jonte Austin, Brian Michael Cox like you know all these people that she has worked with very frequently and then E equals MC squared was the first time that she started working with the dream um, so that was an, a new experience for people that, you know, hadn't been familiar with him or with him working with her and all that kind of stuff. But I Stay In Love um, is a good song. It was one of the singles from that album, has a video and all that stuff. But it's, yeah, it's, I just been running into the ground as if I had never heard it before. But yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Aretha Franklin. <laughs> Imagine a patient of me. Oh, so Aretha Franklin singing Touch My Body. Shout out to Aretha Franklin singing Touch My Body. Okay. Okay. I had a hot take. Go ahead. That album overrated. We Belong Together is very mediocre. Uh, Shake It Off, also mediocre. Trevor, 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 Trevor. It's not bad. I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm just saying it's mediocre. Trevor, We Belong Together is one was... Okay, let me get my stat. Think right. about the statement. You Think about the about statement. Stat. One of the greatest. No, because it's R&B one of the like time. best R and B songs. It is. R- that Think is. about that for a second. Think about that for a second. No, no, okay. Think about okay. that statement. What no, makes no, no, no. it? Think about no, that statement. No, no, Trevor. Trevor. There's no one there. The best R and B song of all time. That's always trash. Trevor. You trying to tell me? I'll Trevor, do. you are <laughs> you yo. This is why I don't like him because he's a troll. No, I actually am curious to know. He ain't gonna um, have no facts. Watch. What are no? I'm not asking for facts. I'm not gonna debate him. I'm curious to know like what of of if you listen to Mariah Carey, like what are the things that she's done that you enjoy? Like if you don't enjoy that, like what, what are some things by Mariah Carey that you enjoy? Like I'm trying to get an understanding of your ear because I got to follow me, up. You know, me and, me and Trevor really don't talk music like that. Y'all don't. So I'm trying to get an understanding of what is he <laughs> is a troll because let me tell you something, <laughs> Trevor, me and Trevor have a lot of similar musical tastes. Before you ask, what songs by her you like 
I no, actually no. You can answer that first, but I, my question after that is, what about "We Belong Together" for you? It's overrated because that is the most crazy. I just don't think it aged well. Because I don't think it aged well on this podcast <laughs> because he's a troll. So please let me know. I don't think like the production is so two thousand five. Like it, it doesn't transcend years. Like real true R and B songs great R&B songs. It just felt like that was made in 2005. That stayed in 2005. It, the production aged like milk. Do you think... I'm sorry. Do no. you think that's dating? I personally don't, but it's I'm going to let him have his opinion. I just want to know, like, what stuff do by her do you like? Like, what do you like by Mariah Carey? And wrap Mariah. it up in two minutes Mariah. or less because we only got nine minutes. Say, wait, say again? 90s Mariah. Okay, so what songs? He don't got one because he's a troll. <laughs> no, once we did, I really love that. I love the album, the one daydream album that was really good. Um, okay, so fantasy always be fantasy, my baby. yes. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's obviously the Christmas album. Um, yeah. How do you, I'm sorry, how do you listen to We Belong Together? And she said, Who's am I gonna lean on? When times get rough and you don't be like, I feel that. You are I'm just disappointed. That right song now. is flat, bro. That song is flat. It didn't it didn't age well. <laughs> but go ahead. So it's flat like soda, like that that no, nah, they didn't break that seal. Nope. Guys, Trevor is a troll. And the fact that I've literally had never heard anyone in my life say that we belong together is overrated, but I'm gonna let you have it. My last song. Greatest love song I ever played. My my last song, I've been torn because I have so many songs that hit that I have on hit different. But I'm going to do someone that I know that no one knows anything about. Is a guy named Gene Noble. The song is called. Oh, Soul. I know him. Oh, you do? Oh, well, great. Nah, nah, I don't, nah, know, I don't, I don't know that nigga. I don't know that nigga. I don't know the song, but I do know him. Trevor's a Trevor The song is called "Soul Drive" by Gene Noble. And basically what so the song dry. is talking about, I feel like it's so dry. It's not talking wow. about Donna, okay? <laughs> what it's talking about... That's disrespectful. <laughs> no. <laughs> what it's talking about <laughs> is that when you meet someone and, like, you meet someone, you liking them, you vibing with them, you be like, you know what, I'm cutting everybody off this person because this is who I want to be with. And then stuff don't work out, and your phone is dry because you cut off everybody. You cut off everybody because you was just like, I'm going to rock with this person. What? And then if it doesn't work yeah, out... Song, man. It came his. It came out this year. He just oh, dropped... A new okay. Yeah, gotcha. he just dropped... I'm not sure if it's an album or an EP, um, but he just dropped um, an album... It's called. Uh, it's called "Feel Away." The album is actually really good. It has no skips, um, and I just really love the concept of the song. But yes, yeah, "So Dry" by Gene Noble is my last one. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up because we are running really, really this this we are went way <laughs> over the time frame um but i really would like to thank um trevor for joining us today it was a really good conversation yes, um as you can see like a lot of my friends our friends like uh we bond a lot with our musical taste and our musical differences even though i was staying 
on the hill that Trevor is a troll for fun, but it it, it brings good <laughs> conversation. It brings good conversation. So as always, after the podcast, we will have a playlist of all the songs that we have discussed today during this podcast. It will only be available on Spotify. So everyone else, sorry, you snooze, you lose. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on social media at Camilla Charmaine underscore. You can follow me on social media at Toronto. And Trevor, if I don't know if you want people to know how to follow you. <laughs> nope. You can follow me at Anita, though. You know, you can follow the needle um on Instagram for Trevor. That's where he puts all his vinyls and all the things about that. You know, he's never gonna show his personal socials, and that's okay. But thank you guys for listening. Um, and we will be back next month.